Before I get started, um, uh, before this uh, last Mass, a parishioner came up to me and she said, Deacon Bob, I'll give $10 to the poor if you will say, go Grizz in your homily. <laughs> All right, so for the poor, go Grizz. The parishioner was my wife. <laughs> True story. Today we celebrate the epiphany of the Lord. This is something that I needed to learn about. You see, most of you know I grew up Jewish, and I had no knowledge of epiphany or three kings or the magi. I knew nothing about these. So for this homily, I thought I'd do something just a little bit different. I always like to encourage you to be on fire Catholics, and I want you to love your faith and share it with others. And today I wanted to share some of the things that I learned about Epiphany and answered some of my questions about this incredible day. So let us break up on the passages together and learn about the greatest feasts of our Lord, and this is one of them. Perhaps all of us will have an Epiphany about the Epiphany. So let us dive in and learn together things we may not know. First off, what does the word epiphany mean? Well, the word itself means manifestation or revelation, to show or display, to unveil. This is what we as Catholics understand about the word epiphany. God is revealing himself to you. He's manifesting himself and to you and to others. This is why the term is often used to describe that aha moment. You know, when you, you get something and you go, oh, I just got an epiphany about this. Aha, I understand, I get it. According to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, check this out, quote, the epiphany is the manifestation of Jesus as the Messiah of Israel, Son of God and Savior of the world. It celebrates the adoration of Jesus by the wise men, the Magi, from the East, together with his baptism in the Jordan and the wedding feast at Cana. In our first reading, the great prophet Isaiah has a vision of the Messiah and that the Lord himself will come to all peoples. The Gentile nations will come with caravans and bear gifts of gold and frankincense, and they will recognize his kingship. So who were the Magi? Who are these wise men? Well, the term Magi is found all the way back, even in the writings of Plato and Socrates. They were wise men who came from the East. Pope Benedict XVI wrote a book about Jesus and talked about the infancy narratives. And I'm quoting directly from him. I actually took it out of the book. He says this, quote, The Gospel of Matthew, which tells us about the Magi, provides no names for them. In fact, even the number of Magi isn't specified there. The presumption in Western tradition has typically been that the reference to the three gifts imply that there were three givers. And some Eastern traditions have even insisted that there were as many as 12 or more. Various traditions about their names have arisen. The common Western tradition has identified them as Caspar, Melchior, 
and Balthazar. One popular legend has it that Caspar was a king in India, Melchior was a king in Persia, and Balthazar was a king in Arabia. St. Matthew tells us nothing about the Magi after he reports that they returned to their own country. But two independent traditions teach that their encounter with the babe, the babe at Bethlehem, led them eventually to become his followers, either on their own or as a response to the preaching of an apostle. These same traditions insist that the Magi were ultimately martyred for their faith. Hmm. In our second reading, St. Paul tells the Ephesians that what was not known in other generations has been revealed to us, that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that the Gentiles are now co-heirs and members of his body, the church. Jesus continues to reveal the Father to us through his teaching and his words, through scripture, through the sacraments, through prayer, and most of all, his holy mass. God is inviting us into a mystery, an epiphany, a radical encounter with the Christ of God. We are more blessed than the wise men, for here in this place, he reveals himself, body, blood, soul, and divinity, right there on that altar. A true epiphany indeed. In our gospel, we are told about the star that led the Magi. Well, what was this? Again, I borrow from Pope Benedict XVI in his book, Jesus of Nazareth. He says this, quote, It is hard to know. Some question whether the star was a natural phenomenon at all, pointing out that it seems to lead the Magi to Jerusalem, then disappear, then reappear, and hover over the house in Bethlehem. But this isn't what Matthew says. He does not say that the star led them to Jerusalem. They merely report that they had seen the new king's star in the east, back in their homeland, which is why they came to Jerusalem. What he does say is, when they heard the king, they went on their way. And lo, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came to rest over the place where the child was. You see, the Magi knew the scriptures and they knew astronomical signs. They knew that the child would be born in Bethlehem as Micah had foretold. The Messiah revealed to them first in scripture was then revealed to them in person. They went to Herod because Herod was the king and the Magi were looking for the son of a king. So they went to Herod because he was a king in Jerusalem. Here's a good one. How old was Jesus when the Magi came to him? Well, most theologians agree that he was almost two years old as the Magi go to the house and not a cave in Bethlehem. Herod then sets out to kill all male babies who were two or under because he had ascertained that the star that they had seen was within the last two years. So if he killed all the baby boys under two, he would win. So he thought. Finally, we have the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What were these things? Well, gold obviously represents royalty, 
kingship, wealth, and money. Frankincense represented priestly prayers rising before God. Worship. You know, when you come in here and you worship our Lord, it is incredibly powerful. You're not doing it by yourself. You're doing it as a community, as a body, as the body of Christ. And then there was the myrrh, which was pricely perfume to anoint bodies that had died. Jesus would conquer death and would lead us to life. So how does all of this relate to us? Well, let's take the deal about the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The gold, you give money to support this cathedral. You're the ones that keep the lights on, that keep the heat going. And some of that money goes all throughout our community to help the poor. And not only that, but it also goes over the oceans and helps the missions that we support, all from your little donation. Some of you give your time and talent. That's all part of your gold that you bring to the baby, to baby Jesus. Frankincense, your prayers rise up and are incredibly powerful with God. Sometimes we don't realize how effective our prayer really is. You know, I'll be uh, working or whatever, and I'll hear an ambulance go by, and I'll say a quick Hail Mary because someone is having a worse day than I am. But there's power in prayer, in little things. There's power in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your prayers rise up as smoke from the holy fire. Finally, myrrh. You die to your old self to be raised anew in Christ. Some of you are hurting. Some of you are suffering. Some of you are going through things I can't even imagine. Bring it to the baby. Bring it to Jesus. Bring it to him. You're hurt. You're wounded. Maybe broken inside. Bring your brokenness to him. Present that as your gift to the babe. All of this is so that God will manifest in your life. So this week, go and adore our Lord, even for a few moments. Allow the graces at Mass to open your soul and have real dialogue with God. And finally, search the scriptures. For it is there that the God of the universe will reveal himself to you. A true manifestation. A true epiphany. Happy epiphany, ladies and gentlemen. Happy epiphany.